Three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. How's it going? Oh my goodness, it's been uh, it's been a fun uh, twenty minutes or so. <laughs> well, this is the first time I think we have two people on FaceTime with us and two people in studio. So kudos to you for getting it all linked up and making it work. Yeah, well, let's not give kudos yet. <laughs> I've just been sitting here doing nothing, really. Um, I'm going to jump before. We'll do our shout-outs after our first guest because they're coming to us from Nova Scotia, Canada, which yep. is really cool. I think that's the furthest away guest we've ever had, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'll go with yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, we'll go with yes. My geography's not perfect, but uh, thank you, guys. We have Denise and Tim Allison. Um, they're a father and daughter duo. They're both entrepreneurs, again, in Nova Scotia. Uh, Off-air, they were telling me they're in a smaller sleepy fishing town which is awesome <laughs> i love fishing maybe john and i'll come up and do the show live with you guys at some point up there. <laughs> um, denise is a social media strategist and an entrepreneur tim is an author he's a podcast host and he's a business mentor his businesses his um his book and his podcast are called screw the naysayers which is a catchy awesome name for all that stuff thank you guys for coming on the show thanks for having us yeah, our pleasure so I'll start, ladies first, I'll start with you, Denise. Um, tell me how you got into being an entrepreneur, how you got into um, the social media side of coaching and training entrepreneurs on social media. Yeah, so I know you said we just had about 10 minutes, so I'll give you the short version. Basically, um, I moved back home to rural Nova Scotia. I had a, a master's in political science, and um, after a short term of working for government, I decided that it really wasn't the right fit for me um, because I didn't really have a lot of creative freedom. Things don't really happen as quickly as I wanted. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just have to start my own business and I'll do some research. But um, I quickly realized that if I was going to do that, I'd have to market my business. And so I had to learn how to market my business. I decided I was going to learn everything that I possibly could about social media marketing. I'd try things. I'd see what worked and what didn't. And in the process of doing that, really what happened is people started to take notice and they didn't want to hire me to do research. They wanted to hire me to actually help them out with their own social media. So it became kind of clear to me that um, that was where my business should go and where the future of my business was. So it just went probably three years ago, I went all in with exclusively doing social media. So I do uh, a lot of social media training and advising and helping people create really great content that opens up conversations and builds build relationships with their potential customers. It's so important for any business nowadays to re really be able to tell a story about themselves and do it effectively because social media is, yeah, I mean, it's saturated. There's a lot of people on there. So to be able to set yourself apart from every other new business or like me in real estate, there's a million realtors here in Chicago. How do you get that story effectively? And I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I, I tell business owners all the time, let the chef do the cooking. If somebody knows what they're doing on social media, you should probably hire somebody to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's like this funny thing happens when people get on social media where they, they forget how to interact as a human, but it's really just an, an extension of your offline interactions and communication. It's just 
it's happening in a different place than than where we're used to or that happened in the past, but still treating people like they're people, starting conversations in a normal, natural way as much as you can and and really going about it that way and, and caring about people. And have you found that obviously social media is evolving so rapidly, you just have to stay on the forefront of that stuff because LinkedIn recently is getting... Uh, a huge push and a makeover and Instagram and Facebook ads now are changing quite a bit? You know, I mean, the tech part changes, um, the algorithms change, but the underlying um, foundation here and the underlying philosophy that people connect with people and people relate to stories, that's never really going to change. So as much as there there's little changes, little nuances and like, oh, look, you can post videos to Instagram and you can go live on LinkedIn. Those are really minor changes in the bigger picture of of how we connect and how we do business with people. I, I love that because your the core values of what you're coaching and training these people to do kind of remains the same, just the platform yeah. is evolving a little bit. So if somebody is starting a business, let's say they're a newer business, what's your, give them a tip or two or however many you want to give them on um, improving their social media presence or at least launching their social media presence effectively. Yeah, I mean there's so many layers to this that if I if I shared with somebody who's just starting what I would do or what someone who's a bit more established would do, it's a, it's a lot, but if you are just getting started with your social media, I find the best place to start is by sharing your expertise and and sharing some value with people. So saying I'm an expert in this. I'm an expert in in real estate, for example, and just sharing advice and tips with that. That's the easiest way to get going. And then once you're doing that consistently a couple times a week, then what you're going to want to start doing is making sure that you are infusing your personality and your voice into that. And I'd say those are kind of the, the two pillars that you want to start out with. Fantastic. And I want to bring dad in here for a second. Uh, we were talking off air a little bit about how awesome it is that you got to grow up around another entrepreneur who, who, and Tim, I'll let you tell the story, but you, I'll, I'll summarize it. You left a successful sales job and then moved up to Nova Scotia and opened uh, your own your own businesses. Um, how was it? And I'll ask Denise. Growing up around a a real entrepreneur, and have you taken a lot from the fact that your dad um, has is a very successful entrepreneur? Well, he seems to think that I remember him working a lot and coming home late. But how I remember it is is sitting at our our cabin at the lake and all of the husbands being working and him being there on his laptop. <laughs> but I suppose um, I suppose you remember the good times more than you might remember the 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 struggles, but it's just really interesting that it just helps it become more of an option for you. Um, my friends who are in families that there are no business owners, they don't really see it as a viable option they don't know what's involved they don't know how challenging it's going to be and and if they would say hey i'm going to start my own business the reaction they would get would be much different than than i got yeah your dad would say screw the naysayers yeah <laughs> start the business yeah. so tim tell us about screw the naysayers and and tell us your story of how you got uh you you left your uh your job to become an entrepreneur yeah well you know it's, it's the, the short version on that is that i was really 
uh, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, guys, I was the poster child for what success was supposed to look like. And I, had, I was just rocketing up the corporate ladder. I was in sales management position uh, with, with, with sales staff that were like 15, 20 years older than me. Um, I, you know, I had, ins I was making insane amounts of money for that stage of my life. Uh, and this was 30 years ago. It still would be a big amount of money now. It was crazy. I was in the top 2% of wage earners in Canada before I was 30 years old. And wow. um, so from the outside looking in, everything's wonderful. But I, it, it, you know, the stress that I was, what came along with people paying me that much money, uh, you know, more, I mean, I was, I was an absent parent. I now had two kids. So I was never seeing them. Uh, I had substance abuse, in my case, alcohol issues that I was dealing with because of the stress, or at least that was my way of dealing with the stress. And, you know, I've, I've often said I think I would have been dead or divorced in within four or five years hadn't I quit. So, you know, I did quit, and I was pining away to come back to this little fishing village, which is where uh, her, Denise's mom, where my wife's from. And, and um, you know, it's just the middle of nowhere, and, for, you know, for people, these hands are not very big. And I was not cut out to work on a fishing boat or in the woods. And honestly, then, even to a large extent now, most of the men that are here are working in those kind of great jobs, hardworking jobs. It's just, I, it's not me. So I had to make my own job. And uh, the naysayers comes along because, and the way I kind of remember it, I call them naysayers because, boy, did people laugh at me. I mean, I was, I was the worst part, I was made to feel guilty. People told me I was an irresponsible parent to give up that kind of income and to put my family's financial health at, at, at risk and everything, when in fact I was doing, everything I was doing was to be present as a parent, you know, and a better husband and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I kind of ignored it, and they, they more or less stopped laughing when that software company with sales hit about $10 million. And I don't say that to boast. I've been out of that business for a dozen years now. The thing I'm proudest of is that I, I created a career around the life I wanted to live. So my message to people is design your life and then figure out where whatever you're good at fits into it. And I, my back was against the wall, just like many ways, Denise. If she wanted to stay here and have meaningful, challenging work that had the potential to be really well paid and give her the independence to, you know, to do what we wanted to do, it's the same thing with me. So it's, uh, you know, that's really been the story of it. And at my 60th birthday, I was on the verge of just saying, maybe it's just time to go camping full time and go hmm. lie on the beach. And that lasted for about three weeks. And and um, I don't know where the idea, but the, the idea came into my mind. I should write a book. I wrote Screw the Naysayers, and I started sharing it with a lot of young people. And boy, they were, because it's a very funny, it's a very sarcastic look at what all the messaging parents are telling their kids these days. <laughs> parents won't like it very much because it's a mirror <laughs> on how stupid we can be. Um, and one thing led to, then someone, I, to this day I can't tell you, but someone said you should start a podcast. And my life just changed. I just, this whole screw the naysayers, there's just something about the genre, the name. I have attracted a following that's global. I've attracted such a crazy mix of inspiring people that have overcome insane amounts of adversity. It makes what I've had to face seem like nothing, the people that I'm getting on this show. And, and uh, it's been the best professional development experience of my entire life. And I'm in the, now 61. But I mean, in what world does a guy like me get 45 minutes to ask Seth Godin any question in the world I want to ask? It's, and, it's incredible. You know, so it's just once again, but I feel like I'm doing the same thing that Denise is doing now. People still ask her, like, you can make money doing that. <laughs> they wouldn't ask her that in the city. But in the country, they just look at her and think, and well, it's the same thing here. You know, it was the same way when I started my software business when nobody, like, they, they thought I sold computers. 
if I'd asked somebody, if somebody asked what do you do, they would have just said, well, he, he's the guy who sells computers. Yeah, and a lot of my friends, they say, so what do you do again? Well, like, locally. And I, to me, it's obvious. Like, I help businesses with their social media. It seems pretty straightforward, but they have a hard time grasping that, I suppose. Well, Tim, you have that term, you're the world's first defiantpreneur, which I, I love that term that you coined. And it seems, seems like, at least locally, you guys are defying what a, I guess to the, the person there, an entrepreneur would be. You're kind of defying the odds of what a normal yeah. entrepreneur is a little uh, bit. I really have embraced the word defy, and I don't use it in a, you know, in a way of like anarchistic or something like that, but you know... In this day and age, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole backstory, but the reality is, if somebody tells me I can't do something, the analysis that I'm going to go through, the first question is, what is the probability of me ending up in the hospital with multiple <laughs> broken bones? Because uh, I've had that experience, and I don't like it. I would rather not repeat it, you know. Uh, but if I don't have a risk of physical harm, then the more somebody tells me it's a dumb idea, it'll never work or something, the more tempted I get to, to just say, well, and I don't. I want to emphasize, some people say that they, they use, like, the chip on the shoulder as, as enemy to prove, you know, something to prove people wrong. And that's not me. I don't care. I don't need that external motivation. But it just challenges me to think, well, people think that's hard. Why don't I see if, because, you know, the most growth that I, that I ever see, whether it's me, Denise, you, anybody else, if we really inspect our life, growth happens when we, we defy conventional wisdom, when we try... Yeah. In your industry, and you know, or your industries, but in real estate, for example, I'm sure your guests would be able to relate to this. If you, if everybody's just doing things the same old, same old, there's no way to differentiate yourself. There's nothing different about you know what you do. You don't prosper. You know, you have to bring uh, an attitude that I'm going to be unique. That 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 you know, this is the only place you can get this kind of service is if you come, and you get that by just not accepting. If somebody says, well, it's always been done this way, well, or you can't do that in a rural community, it's not true anymore. If 30 years ago, it was a lot tougher. We all have internet. We're talking to you. Yeah, we're I mean, talking to each other from, and it's crystal clear. John, you did a good job on the uh, feed here. He's giving me a thumbs up from the back. How do we order your book? Amazon? Because I'm going to go home and I'm going to order it today. I'm a big reader, and I, I have a feeling after meeting you uh, virtually here, um, that it's going to be a book that's right up my alley and very motivational. I hope you enjoy it. It's you know it's short, it's fun. You can read it in a, you know an hour and a half. And and uh, I think you know I you will see yourself in, in parts of this book. I mean, it's the thing is is that the, I actually wrote a book about ten or twelve years ago about the experience, and I look back at it now, and I realize that that was sort of a hero's journey. I was trying to talk about how smart I was and everything. It wasn't the truth, you know. This time around, what I did is I looked for, well, what were the hard parts? So I'm not one of these guys that says money is not important. I kind of like money a lot. Me too. Um, I won't sell my soul for it, but I wanted to make the money to travel the world, for example, and to do these kind of things. Um, so I talk about the fact that it's not easy to quit a high-paying corporate job and walk away from it. Anybody who says it's easy has never done it. You know right. what I mean? Um, and it's not easy to start a business. I, I, I go wild on all these people that are saying, you know, that you can start a business where two hours a week go golfing all the time. She's right. We spent our summers. I set my business up so I worked much harder between September and June. July and August were slower times. And I would bring my laptop. And I'm really going to date myself. My first cell phone, I had to plug it into the cigarette lighter in my car and put the battery back on the roof with the antenna. <laughs> to get a signal back at the lake. But I'd be sitting there having a beer, talking to some VP at some corporate 
wasting, you know, having this corporate conversation. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff. And she was, a, you know, quite athletic and in the soccer and, and the arts and everything. Her brother's into hockey. Uh, there you go. See the guns. <laughs> she's still a, she's still a comedian. She's, you got to get her to talk about her career. But you know what? I mean, what, how do you put a price tag on that? Being present to do that. Yeah. But I was working at night sometimes at 10 o'clock at night because once I'd finished that stuff, I went and did this stuff. And um, But I think to, to sort of close the circle on her and I, it is the difference in having somebody that's in your family that gets you. The biggest barrier for 99% of the people that are trying to start a business like that is, is their ability to believe it's possible. You just don't. If everybody tells you that you can't do it, it's really hard. We're preconditioned to, you know, to assume that, that, that we can't get what we want in life, which is a darn shame. You know, so as soon as somebody says, or even when she looks, well, if he can do it, I'm, and she is a lot smarter than me. I make no bones, but she's smart, you know, and, and more educated than I ever was. So, you know, that's why we just need to, for the young people that are out there, because, look, we're in a gig economy. One out of two jobs in the United States, you know, starting next year is going to be in that gig economy. Yep. And our education system, we don't have time to go down that rabbit hole very far, but it's simply not preparing people for those jobs. No, not at all. And so we have an obligation. Those of us that have started businesses have an obligation to get really vocal about telling these, these people to not let the fear of failure to get in the way. And to, yeah, you're going to scrape your knee, and hopefully your parents let you, you scrape your knee when you're a kid, but even if they did you know, Scrape your it now. situation doesn't define where you need to end up, and you don't have to stay in that. I don't know what the language policy is, but the ex- no, you the, can you can say whatever you want on this have, show. You don't have to stay in a shithole job that you yeah. hate, right? Your entire life. Like I get so sad when I see people forty-five years of age and they're already counting down the days until retirement. Like, come on! Like, yeah, you got one life to live. One run through here. Yeah, you get one run through. So don't you know? But we're telling people that that's just what life is. It's not. It's what it's what other people want you to believe, or because they've settled, they don't they, they don't want to see you succeed more than them because it makes them feel inferior. And I get that all the time. Tim, how do we? How does somebody um, watch your podcast and also order the book on Amazon? I'm guessing. And how, how do they just go to um, screwthenaysayers.com? Yeah, you can nail it all there. The book's on Amazon, of course. Okay. Uh, you can you can you nail it. The podcast is out three times a week. And, three uh, times I, a week? Wow. We got and it's on all the... Uh, yeah. Spotify and everything. All the regular places. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm definitely going to tune in. I mean, your, your, um, your motivational side of you is infectious. And I, I just... I, I feel like watching... All I do is watch and listen to podcasts now. I feel like a couple times a week listening to you is a gigantic dose of motivation. It really is. And I, I've been on your website. I, I looked on your site. I would tell anybody who's listening or watching, uh, check out his website. It is a great dose of motivation. And what I love about what you get across is it's your story and it's a very raw, true story. You're not BSing anybody. You're telling your story and then you're teaching them all the lessons that you've learned. So I love it. And uh, honestly, John, we got to have them back on. And Absolutely. now that we are good at this FaceTime thing, we might just have to do a full <laughs> show with you two. Yeah. Um, because I feel bad that the it's, it's a, a shorter segment here because I, I mean, I could probably speak to you for a couple hours. And Denise, 
where can we find you if somebody wants to reach out to you for some help? Yeah, you can find me on social media. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Denny Salison and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And that's at Social Denny's. I do a live show every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Atlantic, which I think is 8 there. If uh, <laughs> okay. you want to get with your with your coffee and drink it. Where uh, <laughs> where is it? Where does it go live? On Facebook. On Facebook. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So we'll have to follow you and watch along. What's that? We'll have to follow you and watch along as well. Absolutely. It's called the Art of Online Marketing Live Show. Very cool. I'm going to make she, these two guys in studio watch along too. She's been <laughs> doing that for more than two years now too. Awesome. Like, you know, every week Honestly. getting up and doing that. And I'm telling you, I mean, it's as you know what it's like. It's the discipline that's required to do that. And, with with um, any business, it's consistency. Consistency yeah. is the most difficult part of business, I think. Yeah. If yeah. I can if I can throw her another yeah. bit of credit. When people get over to my website or if they see any of my social media content, it's a bit of a secret, but I do have a, a you know, uh, an, a, an in-house social, social media, media strategist who's helping me with most of that stuff. So That's awesome. Credit to her for all of that, that stuff. Credit to me for the, the, the guests and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I love how much you two collaborate and I can just tell how beneficial it is for both of you to be entrepreneurs helping one another out and it, it's awesome to watch and I th thank you guys for coming on uh, john honestly we got to do a now that we have this facetime from afar figured out we have yeah we got to have you guys back up please come back oh, on we yeah, love it for a full hour thank you guys so much thank you Cheers. bye guys bye-bye now Ooh, that, that was, was awesome fantastic they can still see me though john i think yeah yeah they on? can <laughs> all right <laughs> so for those of you who um can't see the studio um i'm facetiming them so I'm, I'm looking at them and kind of chatting with them and when we went off air they could still see me but uh that was awesome i uh i i really do urge you guys to go take a look at screw the naysayers and follow denise obviously uh check out his website i was on it yesterday just looking around and uh, listening to his videos and um, kind of just watching things about uh, Tim's story. And it's really incredible. He, he's a really motivational guy that's done some incredible, incredible things. So we got to have him back on. Indeed. That, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. minutes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm excited because cool. these are in-house get. We'll do shout outs, I think, next time. Yeah. You want to do yeah, that yeah, next yeah. time? Since yeah. We're, we're deep in the show. Yeah, already. yeah. We'll do our shout outs next time. Real because, quick, though, what, what's 4th yeah. uh, of July? How was it? It good? was good. Yeah, good. very good. Low All key right. for me. Not like you. How about you? It was good. You went uh, to Vegas, so not so low key. I was in key. Vegas, yeah. A couple days. It was very fun. Uh, flew back in the night of the 3rd and got to see a bunch of fireworks going off from up top. That was yeah, kind of cool. So, yeah, because you're going to be celebrating your 80th birthday soon out there, so you were setting up no, for that. No, 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 no. Uh, 50, 50. 5-0, yes. Uh, I was off by a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I would in, I would invite you, but I don't know if you could see over the bar to get a beer. Ah, so damn it. I could just hold, hand them down to you. I'll get up on your shoulders. I'll pay you oh, back, right? Oh, no. How much weight since the weight loss About 20 challenge? pounds. You've got old brittle bones now. That's true. You can't, you can't, keep me, oh, can't hold man. me up. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's get Anyways, into the show. Yeah, let's get into our show. <laughs> so the next two guests on our show are, uh, well, the first guy, Nick Nastos, is uh, a lot of people see me hashtag Mostos. He's the other half of the Mostos hashtag, <clears throat> Nick Nastos, who's the founder of the Chicago Property Shop, a good buddy of mine. Um, he was the president of the YPN board when they, yep. when they took me on the board. Finally, Actually, you were the Second, past president. I was a past. I was past, a past president. 
Theory, you were the president. Erica rejected me. Correct. That's right. I was kicked out. You didn't, that year. You didn't, I didn't go to didn't enough events it. to qualify. But uh, thank you for coming on. Yep. Thanks for having me. You're also Pearl Jam's number one fan. Not number one. No, there's a couple of people ahead of me. You're, no, you're number <laughs> one. Maybe. You're, you're my. You're maybe here, to you. I'm to me, not, to, for, for sure. For, sure, that's for my definite. group of friends, you're my yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam number one fan. Yeah. Tommy Choi, maybe number two. He's got me by 10 shows, so it's good. 10 shows? Mm. He killed me on those uh, yeah, so, better uh, poll that you put up, too. Yeah, that was, that was entertaining. I'll I think I should do that more often in real estate because a lot I'll, of people wear the same stuff. They shop the same places, so you probably find some similar outfits, if you will. I, I thought there's no way somebody was wearing something similar to me because I, I tried to make it. It was a outrageous. unique pattern compared to like, you're right, exactly. But. Good old Tommy. Hey, listen, if I'm going to get shown up. That's the guy. That's, that's the, the guy, guy who, uh, that's who the guy. needs to show me up. Is that's Tommy the guy. Joy. You're right. I'll, in, uh, I'll introduce John, too, because yep. I think this will turn into quite Combo, a, bit of a yeah. round table between you two. Do it. Uh, our other guest is another Chicago property shop uh, real estate killer, John Floros. He is the um, resident best hair at uh, Chicago <laughs> property shop for sure. Get out of here. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? Good. How Thanks are you? Thanks for having us. Good. Good. Not bad. Um, I'll go to. I'll, I'll ask both of you because you guys have recently made the switch from a Nick being you, my own brokerage to joining another brokerage, so yes. being a team underneath the bigger umbrella, I guess. So oh. you opened Chicago Property Shop in two thousand nine, April of oh nine. Okay, so a decade. Ten years, now. yeah. Um, and what made you do that um, as your own brokerage to start off? Because that's so, scary. Yeah. So I was I was in mortgages at the time. So two thousand eight. You know what happened there obviously 2008 happened and then uh started doing some rentals working for another company and they were just posting ads on craigslist so i'm like i could do this and make a hundred percent commission yeah. in my brain that's what i thought um so i did it my dad had his broker's license already at that point it was broker and agent license so it was kind of a quick transition right. <coughs> um so we did it and then i started my own thing and my taught my parents how to use a computer by posting ads on Craigslist, gave That's my mom awesome. a laptop. She's watched her Food Network Home and Garden channel, and then my dad's downstairs on the desktop just like clicking away. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew yeah. you had mom and dad helping actually Yeah, yeah, they were my assistants. And you guys had a kick-butt website. I mean, it's like, um, for those of you in real estate, Nick had, um, Nick's website's fantastic. You guys produce a lot of leads off your website, but you were doing that way before anybody was thinking, oh my God, I need my website to start producing leads. Yeah, so I... They started doing that. Uh, another agent uh, kind of got me started on that. And, um, his name's Ted, and he he uh, had a website similar to that. And he's like, "You should do something similar." So I, I did that, um, and that was about 2012. So that wasn't so much SEO game, if you will, wasn't so uh, as competitive as it is now. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier. But you know, it's it's, it's a marathon. You're not gonna like get a website, make it look nice and flashy, and all of a sudden like people are gonna start like clicking and like asking you questions and stuff. So. Uh, Two, three years down the road after that, that's when like the leads started spiking like upward. Uh, now it's just kind of been a consistent kind of thing as things start changing and stuff. So kind of adapt to awesome. the environment, I guess. And uh, what made you want to go to f like say, hey, you know what? I just want to focus because I, I'm going to premise this by <laughs> saying I recommend to a lot of people to do what you did now is just focus on being a team lead because you're a business with your business still and you let a company just go and worry about all the rest of the crap exactly so that was the main thing so i was kind of like in a gray area i was kind of okay cool i like john was at that point on board a couple years at that point so i kind of liked what was going on I liked the dynamic between me and john it was like another guy that just liked the business as much as i did which i didn't have that over the since 2009 all the way up to whenever he started um, so TJ, owner of Fulton Grace, uh, reached out to me about uh, uh, an opportunity. He's like, hey, would you want to come on board? 
thought about it, thought about it. It took me like probably three, four weeks. And I said, you know what? This would be perfect because we were sitting here stuffing our own envelopes to try to send to clients, hundreds of them. Uh, that took time away from our business, right? So now we have the support, marketing, accounting department, this, that, and the other, you name it. Like now we just focus on our business and that's why our business grew. I think I, I attribute that is because of because of that, right? Not like right. we could just focus and there's no more of the uh, other stuff that we have to do. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I again I tell a lot of real estate brokers and teams, opening a real estate brokerage is no easy task. It isn't, and you got to do a lot of bullshit that takes you, you away from just being really good realtors. Yeah, and you guys are <laughs> killing it the last couple of years. I mean, you guys are. Just yeah, I think we've we've fine tuned our systems because we have time to to look at them now, right? And kind right. of look at them and go back and see what we did wrong and then and, and what we can fix. So before I was the janitor, I was the assistant, I was the accounting department, I was everything. I got agents coming in the office, did the mailman come yet? Yeah, where's the check? I don't have to do that anymore. Now it's like email accounting, email marketing. They just take care of it for us, which is great. So that, that was the, the support is what we were lacking to get us to the next level, if you will. Yeah. So, and when I did it, you know, there was a bunch of people obviously like, what are you doing? You're selling yourself out. It's 100% commission. I says, no, it's not. I got office rent, yeah. you know, insurance, no. business insurance, all this other garbage I have to pay. Definitely not 100%. I probably get paid a lot less and you don't have all those problems that I have. So I love when people say that I'm going to go open a brokerage and take 100%. And I'm like, good yeah. effing luck. Yeah. You don't have a damn clue about the 100%. For sure. Happen. For sure. Um, and when you brought John on, and I'm going to bring John on now. Do you want to know um, how John came on board? Yeah, tell me how John came on so, board. I'll hear your story and then his. It might be very, <laughs> no, it's the exact same totally story. It'll probably be exactly the <laughs> same. He'll tell you what happened. No, no, but uh, John actually, so my wife, Joanna, which you knew before yes. me. A uh, little story John might, John Lally yeah, might not know. John. I've known his wife longer than I've known him. I went to college with her and then randomly at a YPN really? event. Yeah. yeah, you didn't yeah. know that either? Oh, yeah, see? A bunch of Johns in there. This. Um, Breaking news. But yeah, I saw them together at a, uh, I think it was Casino Royale. Casino Royale. I was like, Joanna. She's like, no. And I, John, I think, was looking like, how the hell do you two know each other? And I'm like, went to college together. Yeah. Wow. So I, cool. uh, I've known his uh, yeah. beautiful wife for uh, a while. And then, uh, so Joanna was actually John's sister's maid of honor. And that's how John. Sister's maid of honor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Deal. Got it. Got it. I have to slowly think that one through. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I met John. He was getting, I mean, you can go that story. But. Yeah. I mean, I was getting licensed. I was working in the hospitality industry and I was like, I'm going to get licensed and then I'll go interview with all the big companies. And uh, at that time, my sister is like, hey, you should talk to Joanna's boyfriend. I had met Nick in passing, didn't really know him well. I'm like, he's a broker. They're like, yeah, he's got his own company. I'm like, okay, I'd rather go meet with someone I know first rather than go explore the real estate world with people I don't know. Uh, so we did what most people do just go grab a beer and chat and just kind of like picked his brain about the industry. And he kind of opened up my eyes to like, you know, you could start part-time there's rentals. I always thought real estate was only sales. I didn't think anybody would make money in rentals. Um, and that kind of gave me the confidence to be like, okay, you know, I could do it part-time cause you know, I didn't know a hundred percent commission. I never worked a job like that. I'm like, I should ease my way in, get a feel for the business. And, uh, it was a great fit. We got along and, you know, having a website was a was a great thing for a new agent to have leads coming in because we know you have your seven steps to lead generate lead generation, and we, you've coached us before with that stuff. It's hard, uh, so it was a it was a great uh, it was a great experience for me to start with with Nick. And obviously, some of the growing pains we had, like Nick told you, is I'm sitting here trying to learn Mailchimp. I could barely turn my <laughs> Facebook live, and I'm sitting yeah, here trying got, to do. He really couldn't. You missed turn it earlier. Oh, yeah. For those of you that were are watching. <laughs> I didn't see him earlier. I'm like, I, I'm not in this to be in marketing in, in terms of like doing things like that. And that's where like me and Nick were like, 
do we need help? I keep getting all these emails from other agents and I'm trying to craft up the same thing that this big company, whether it be, you know, an at or whoever it is, I'm like, we need some support. And yeah. in order for us to grow, we'll, we'll have to make some kind of jump at some point. So things kind of really panned out. What I love about you two as well is your personalities are such a good match. If, if somebody, I know you two, I've been yeah, out yeah. with you two, but for people who are watching, if, if you go and check out their page and their individual pages, you guys had a really cool V-blog. So oh, yeah. it, it was one of the best real estate V-blogs out there. You know, Matt, Matt does oh, he's great one. a really yeah, good yeah, one. Does. You guys do a really good one. Um, some people do some really po poorly done ones. But you guys had a really nice one done. And your personalities are just perfect together. It, it's like you two have known each other for 30 years, not, yeah. you know, five or, or five or six or five, years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being in a small office at that point, just me, it was basically just me, him, and the assistant. So, like, that helped that kind of, like, uh, connection or whatever you want to call it, like, uh, kind of show on camera, I guess, yeah. if you will. So, yeah, I guess. It's been interesting. You know what else I, I love that you told him he could do or that John could do is um, start part-time. Because one of the things that I feel yeah. um, happens in the real estate world is, and I interview a lot of new realtors, uh, people say, oh, you got to start real estate full-time. And what John, what you said kind of is the fear point for any entrepreneur at all, set aside real estate, is okay, now I don't have any paycheck, I have no money coming in, and I have to rely 100% on commission. I think, and some realtors might look at me and say, well, um, or some real estate broker owners might call me an a-hole for saying this, I think that anybody, and John just like, <laughs> gave me a look, but yeah, I, I think they don't wanna take part-time agents because they don't wanna coach and train part-time agents between the hours of 5 p.m to later at night and on weekends. They only have staff from nine to five yeah. and they don't wanna to have to humor them afterwards because for a business owner, if you can start off part-time in real estate and get your feet wet and learn what you need to do while having the comfort of having some income come in and then transition to full-time, I think that's the smartest way to do it. Yeah, and I would agree with you. I mean, if you have another job part-time, you could fuel the income from that job for marketing dollars into the real sure. estate job. So for me, my motivation was to quit the job that I had. So I worked extra hard in real estate. I did the weekends, nights. I'd use personal days, sick days. Tell them what you were doing job. for real, though. There's a there's some good stories about what. Yeah, I mean, I was I was always super motivated, and and there was full time agents Nick had at that point, and I wanted to beat them as a part time agent and throw it in their face, and hopefully that would motivate them too. Some it did, some it didn't. Um, but Nick would pass a lead, and I'd get a notification on my phone. So I was a banquet server. I worked for the Hilton. I was in hospitality. I did management. So, you know, I uh, basically would get a lead and I wanted to call it or email it or text it. So I would excuse myself and say I had to go to the bathroom number two. And no one could bother you in a stall. I <laughs> yeah. would sit there. Just make calls. Just make a call, <laughs> shoot a text. You know, there's privacy laws. And I did what I had to do in order to, to contact that. I didn't want to disappoint Nick and not him giving me any more leads because John's not accessible. So when there's a will, there's a way you could get things to happen. I'm not saying get yourself in trouble, but just be smart about it. And you know, having bowel problems is the way to go. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> I, I'm going to snippet this out and I'm going to show it on our office's uh, closed group page you because when we hand out leads and people say they cannot take the lead, they can't call them back because leads that come in, you got to respond to them immediately. Right. I'm going to say, listen, this is John Floros. He's a top producing realtor. He would excuse himself to go take a poop and call them right away Correct. while he was in the middle of a job. If you guys have time to call a lead and you're not, 
be John Floro. And his job is like at that point was super demanding. Like he was working like six a.m. to like midnight, like the two shifts, the morning, the lunch, the dinner type stuff. So like he made time. It was that's I love telling that story. I love hearing it because I always tell basically that reason, right? Well, the thing the thing with you two, um, I think that stands out from a lot of realtors, and and we've worked. My law firm's worked with both of you yeah. quite a bit, oh, yeah. and, and I know Tim and Ali will say this about you two, um, not because you're on Wheelhouse. <laughs> and we're saying this, but you, you truly. You guys are so on top of working hard for your clients that that for sure we can tell translates into that lead generation to following sure. up and doing all the stuff that we don't get to see before we get a file. Right, right. But watching you guys take something that's already under contract, because a lot of realtors, when something goes on contract, they're like, oh, my job's so done. I got forget, under it, yeah. forget it. You guys take it 10 steps further than that, and you guys are constantly putting effort in, which is fantastic. And John, that work ethic that you had definitely transferred over and nick sure. you're you're a business owner so for sure your work ethic yeah is definitely there. definitely um so kudos to you guys i love yeah, i love the growth you guys have had thanks. and we appreciate i mean tim yeah he started with us i would <laughs> call that guy and nag that guy 10 like, o'clock at night i mean I'm don't like, say that out loud because some people yeah. start calling at 10 o'clock but no they they already know to call us at 10 <laughs> yeah. o'clock they bug us till midnight. no you usually. both you guys taught us a lot in the beginning for i didn't sure. know stuff about half the inspections and everything and i would just you know nick's like use your attorneys as a crutch because there were some things that we both needed to lean on you guys for so and it was great i mean helpful. we did a lot of like three-way phone calls right so yeah. then that was our way to learn what tim would say on the other end that we couldn't hear so it was kind of cool for us starting off because yeah. again starting your own company it's, i'm basically it was just by myself so my first deal i had nobody to fall to fall back on to ask i wasn't working for a big brokerage or anything so that was great just kind of learning on the fly basically well i mean i feel you i remember when i opened my own law firm i uh, didn't know how to litigate so my first several hearings, oh, sure. i literally would just go to court the day before my hearing I'd put on a suit so they wouldn't think like, why is this guy like just showing up <laughs> here randomly? And I'd pretend like I have a case in that courtroom and I would just sit there and take notes and like oh, watch everybody else, watch what they're doing. And then the next day go and replicate that. My earliest <laughs> clients, a couple of them are my Facebook friends. They're like, we paid you to go do that, you idiot. Like you didn't know what you were doing. But no, I, I had to self-teach myself. Um, and Nick, you got really involved with CAR. Which it was uh, which was awesome. A long time ago. A, a long time ago. <laughs> but you're, I think, the the, the longest lasting YPN board member like of all seven time. Seven years, I think, seven of like years. the twelve in existence. Is that why you got fourteen know. T-shirts from YPN? Or? <laughs> yes, eleven of them don't fit. Well, actually, almost <laughs> none of them fit. Now. John, John's right. I get yeah, you, some instead of getting that. a large, you get a medium. You get a smaller between <laughs> small and medium. That's Show the biceps off. Nick uh, Nick was known for every year being the most excited guy at the beginning of the year when they would give us new T-shirts yeah. for him to get another yeah. YPN T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, but, they, they just called me to do a, a last month. I did a uh, YPN breakfast thing, and the first thing I said is, I got to get a T-shirt for this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's it. That's right. You were on a panel yeah. uh, last month. Last Congratulations. Month. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. It was, was fun cool. doing the opposite. Normally, I'm on this, you know, in the seats watching the, the panelists. So it was kind of cool being on the other side. Or presenting as you oh, know, yeah, or presenting, yeah, or like a moderator type thing. Yeah, so it was kind of cool being on that end. It was kind of... It's just kind of cool just starting from like nothing, basically Craigslist. Next thing you know, like you're being called on to like talk to some of the newer agents like yourself back then. So it's yeah. kind of a cool experience for me. You know, there's a uh, Bill Gates has a great quote that uh, Tony Robbins kind of uses sometimes too. And it says everybody overestimates what they can achieve in a year and they underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. And it's a great quote because you're basically 10 years in. Now. Yeah, 10. And look where you guys are at. You yeah. guys are top producers. You're, you guys are killing it. Your team has grown because it's more than just the two of you, right? How many of you yes, guys are total there? of. Nine. Whoa, I didn't even know there was that yeah, many of you. Yeah, admin, and then the me, John, and then like probably about, yeah, five more. Good for you. You Six guys more. grew a lot in the last year yeah. and a half or so. There were some part-time people. There were some, you know, full-time people. And then there were some people that were kind of in John's shoes where they had a full-time job and then, you know, came on board, uh, just, you know, quit and did their thing. So it was kind of 
a mixture of everything. But it's cool. It's been, it's been a cool experience this year, I think, um, from last year. I think some of the agents from last year have done a lot better this year. Just maybe, you know, obviously being in the business longer, learning from some of our mistakes that me and John have made over the past that we try to, like, tell them, you know, look out for this or do something like that. So change some stuff. Oh, nice. What... Um what do you guys think about the real estate market this year? I'll, Nick, I'll go with you. Oh, I was going to go John, John first because oh, he's, go he's got heated stuff to say about Yeah, him. John, go heated. No, I mean, I'm, not really <laughs> I'm heated. happy to hear heated. Uh, no, I mean, well, yeah, definitely. I think last year, I mean, you could hear anyone from like Matt Lairs, he's saying the market was great last year. It's still good this year. Uh, I found myself more on the seller side this year. So yeah. I've been full time in real estate now. This is my third year. First two years, I was part time. I was doing a few rentals. So uh, having listings is a little bit more new to me. I've had listings in my first two years, but I'm heavier on the listing side. So uh, for me, seeing that, you know, depending where your listing's at and what price point it's at, things aren't moving as fast as they were last year. I mean, you still see the multiple offers in a day or two. But I think now as brokers, you know, we were a little spoiled yeah. the, the last few years. Things sure. were selling quick. Now you're doing price adjustments. You got to work a little harder. Uh, so, you know, I'm seeing that, which is not, I don't have no problem working hard, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I wish, I always tell Nick, I was like, I need more buyers. I kind of want to be on the other <laughs> yeah. side of it. Rates are low again. I thought they would be higher. I think we all anticipated they may go a little bit higher this year from last they year. So, down a lot. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. did. So yeah. you're seeing refis come back a lot. So for me, it being on the seller side, it's great to work with sellers, but there's a certain like. like you're never the hero. I know. With, with buyers, day. it's just, you're, you're the best. You help them buy their first home. A lot of first-time home buyers with sellers. Uh, there's, you don't we, sell it in a week, you're you failed. Well, we had a great story about a seller we met yesterday. Oh, he was great uh, for a listing presentation, and he promised he wouldn't be a dick. <laughs> and I thought that was the best thing I could <laughs> ever the hear. Greatest thing yeah. ever. Because I go, that, that's what you're into right now. Is that's basically that's what happens, right? People are looking at the data, and the data that they look at is so far back, not necessarily the most current data. And they're saying, "Well, this unit sold for six hundred. Why are you listing mine for five fifty? So that's like the big challenge right now with with sellers, right? So that was a great... Yeah, I mean, last year we were circle prospecting buildings like, hey, place sold in a day. Are you looking to sell? It was a different conversation. Not that you're not trying to do it this year, yeah. but your conversation shifts a little bit like, I don't have the overflow of buyers that put four offers in on this one and I could take them to your place now. So now you got to kind of set the expectations with that seller that 2018 was 2018. 2019, things have cooled off a little bit. You might not get what that comp showed last year. Uh, our buddy Owen Delphi yeah, always says this famous quote. Nick loves to say it. The past doesn't predict the future. That's not it. always. It doesn't always. doesn't always predict the future. Yeah. That's it. So we laugh about that, but he's right. And you touched on a couple things. I tell everybody, obviously having more listings or less time uh, consuming than having a ton of buyers, yeah. but you're always the hero for the buyer. And I have, uh, I, I feel it now too. There's some listings I have where I have anxiety. I'm like, man, they're not moving. Last year, these these things were priced the, at mm -hmm. the right price point of last year, and they're just not moving. And then you feel like uh, you're you're a failure. You feel like you yeah. let your client down, and that is a very weird feeling to have. Everybody says you know you want to be a listing agent because obviously you can handle more listings than you can. Uh, Forty buyers means you you can't do that on your own. No, you, of course you, not. You're gonna go crazy. It's yeah. very very difficult to do. You need a big team to do that, but you can have a ton of listings. It's just you're always a hero versus if you don't sell it right away, yeah. you're not. And I think with the listings, just to touch up on that, like even now more than ever, it's important to be at your listings, whether it's yes. someone on your team, because that feedback, that you know, body Direct language, feedback. I mean, setting a lockbox or keys with doorman, if necessary, you do it. But I think you're starting to see more and more people realize that 
You should be there because that feedback's important. Especially in Chicago. Yeah, oh, in the suburbs, sure. they look at you like you're a weirdo when oh, you show Oh, God. Up. Well, the other problem is <laughs> in the suburbs, lock. they do a one-hour window, and yeah. they, they show up whenever the heck they want within an yes, hour window. Yes, they do. Whereas in the city, I, I feel like a lot of people show up and show their properties. Right, yeah. Agreed. It's a weird dynamic. Agreed. I definitely agree. I had a weird listing in the suburbs, and I was showing up to show because very, very strange. There was a dog we had to always put out, and I had one lady who wanted to do a second showing. She goes, I'd prefer you don't show up. I was just like, well, really? Well, I got to let the dog out. So <laughs> I guess I'll show up, take the dog for a walk and do your thing. Jeez. She was just mad. She was so pissed. She goes, we don't show up in the suburbs. I know your office is in the city. And I was like, well, again, I have to show up. So relax, lady. Yeah. But it's such a weird dynamic. As soon as you get in the suburbs, that kind of. Complete 360. Over. It's 360. Definitely. Yep. But I agree with what you said about the market. I think, thank God the interest rates are low. Because if the interest rates yeah. had gone up and there was this cooling, I think we would have had a little bit of an issue. But I think Agreed. because the rates are, you know, the government's done a good job of, you know, kind Agreed. of keeping these rates sure. low to influence people from buying. And Nick, you've seen the up and the down and the up. I started in the down, down. like the basement yeah. and lower than that, yeah. six feet under, basically. Yeah, I was so. in 09, too. I yeah, 09. So, I mean, I was just doing rentals then. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to these big high-rise, luxury high-rise rental buildings and just kind of doing that. So what, what at that point when the traditional agent was just doing sales and all of a sudden the market took a shit, then you like, not a fake one like John does, but a real one. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, the traditional agent that was doing sales was like, holy crap, what's going on? My clients aren't getting approved for loans anymore because the guidelines changed and more strict. I was doing, you know, rentals and doing like a $250,000 sale commission code check in like 10 minutes, right? Apply, credit report, you're good, set, on you go to the next one. So that kept the wheels moving for me. And then it propelled into this kind of website thing and kind of then, you know, referrals and all that kind of stuff over the years. So it's been good. I always tell everybody, every market that goes up, comes down, goes back up again. But if your yeah, effort course. stays consistent, mm -hmm. you're going to kill it. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Matt um, Larcy, you know. Last year he said it was good. This year it's cooled down. He he's on track to do he's better than more, he did last, last hundred million, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's a rock star. Yeah, yeah, in, uh, in yeah th absolutely. He he is perfect proof that no matter what happens in a market, if you're yeah. working and you're consistent, oh yeah, you're gonna keep getting better. I mean, it does not matter if the market had gotten twenty times worse. I would venture a bet that Matt's business would have still gone up. Yeah, there's going to be a different no demand for him, right? Like, right. To, 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 to and I think you clients. said a great thing, too. I don't remember if we were on the phone where you were like, if the, the market takes a downturn as brokers, too, we become investors. Yeah. You know, you seize the opportunity to buy something if you can. I, I would tell you guys, I, and I've done this, go back and look at top producers from 2008 through 2012. So the, the people who are the top producers, watch their sales figures go up. And every wow. year that the market gets yeah, worse. Look at that. The, the, the weird thing is uh, when the markets get really bad, the people who are bad at, I don't want to say bad at what they do, but don't take the job seriously, they get out of the business. So there's still, there's just less competition out there. If you look at them, they, they uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, look at the top producers. All their production levels go okay. up. They don't go down. It's, it's crazy. That I've actually crazy. taken a peek at it. I remember Joe Zimmerman back um, in one of the first like few YPN breakfasts was basically said that. He's like... It was 2009, something like that. I don't know what year it was, but he was basically saying, I'll never forget it. He's like, I just stayed consistent. If I had to like take credit cards and just pay for marketing to make sure I keep doing the same things I did. Yeah, his numbers dipped a little bit, but not, there wasn't a huge nosedive. It was kind of like a, you know, a gradual, you know, standard adjustment, if you will. So it was kind of cool to hear that. But basically what you're saying, just kind of stay consistent. And he should weather the storm, hopefully. It's, I think, in any business, consistency. Yeah. I tell everybody, real estate is not rocket science by any stretch of the means. It's not it's simple. It's not easy. 
I think the differentiating factor between simple and easy people have to figure out. Simple means that what we're doing is not difficult to figure out, but it's not easy to stay consistent for, like you, 10 years. That's a very difficult thing to do. Sure. Um, so it's simple, not easy. Um, you two guys are very different time periods in, and not that different, but I mean, you're 10 years in, you're four-ish years in, John. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would ask you, Nick, first, like 10 years in, if you could go back and look at uh, yourself day one, piece of advice you would give yourself as a early realtor. Uh, definitely would be, so basically I would, it, it's, it's keeping, in pat, client, keeping in touch with your past clients basically is what it is. So for me, that was a big thing. I was too focused on the next lead, the next lead, the next lead that I forgot about what I call my fan base. Those people I know I've already met before. They're, they're, they know me very well. Staying in contact over and over and over again. Obviously, just there's a, a mathematical some yeah, sort of yeah. equation saying if you keep in contact with so many people, you are probably going to get this many referrals. If I did that, we wouldn't be doing 20 million in sales. probably doing 50, 60 at this point or more, right? So I think that's it. Keeping in contact with your past clients would be my advice that I wish I would have done a long time ago. I'm going to ask John to snip that out too. And I'm going to put that on our, yeah, uh, I, and I can, send that to our agents too. And then also, I mean, the other thing is I was doing rentals only at that time. So I wasn't let it, making people aware that I do both. So I would get emails from past clients two years down the line saying, Hey Nick, um, can you help me sublease my place? Cause I just put an offer in oh. on a place in the South loop. And that's what triggered me. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like these, the other thing was, I didn't even know who that person was. So I had to look back. So that's the whole thing about keeping in contact with your past clients. I really like that. And all renters become home buyers eventually. Eventually, so yeah, at some point, yeah. Being good at keeping in touch with them. Yeah, it's crazy because the buyer cycle is, they, I think in Chicago, the statistic is people buy every five years. Across the country, it's every seven. But obviously in Chicago, we're in an area where people buy condos and they, they move around a little bit faster. Yeah. But that's a long period of time. And in five to seven years, people, you know, somebody's uncle becomes a realtor, somebody's, you know, girlfriends, best friends, dogs, uncle. You know, became a realtor, and at some point there, if you're not staying in touch and on the forefront of their minds, you're forgotten about. Yeah, definitely. So great advice. And John, how about you? I mean, kind of to piggyback what Nick said with the past client thing is is one thing. You start, and your 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 best raving fans or cheerleaders or whatever you want to call them are your past clients, right? That's where you're going to get the best referrals. But uh, aside from being kind of like spoiled, you know, doing everyone's doing Zillow, Redfin, online leads. Nick has his own. I wish when I started, I didn't really rely or believe that family friends were going to flock to me to help them sell their home or buy their first home. I wish I would have really started networking harder with other spheres, whether it be yeah. divorce attorneys, financial advisors, just different people in the business. I wish I would have started that sooner. I think that would have propelled me to not be as, uh, you know, everybody relies on some kind of online leads, but I would like to kind of get to that position where you have some good referral partners that you've built relationships over two, three years. Yes, I'm doing that now, but those relationships could have been three years along the line and they're not. So that's something that I would have changed when I got into the industry instead of saying, oh, Uncle Bill's got a million dollar house. That's mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, six percenter. He's got money. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I started to see that. And it's like, you know, a, a majority of my clients aren't even family. You know, yeah. I don't have a huge family here, but I started looking at wedding lists. I'm like, oh, got them, got them. <laughs> and then I, just, I realized I didn't have them. Then I was like, OK, you know, you got to start like meet new people. And some of the best brokers, obviously, are like the, I always say Tommy Choi, like those guys Josh. I don't think are even on Zillow or anything and they're all just word of mouth. So yeah, I admire a business like that too and try to kind of like if do the work, online leads, do yeah. the networking and that way, you know, if the market changes, you're not stuck in one place. Sure. You're able to change yeah. with it. It's just, I mean, just 
just not relying on that one lead source. You got to expand your your lead uh, generating uh, opportunities, I guess. So getting an organic way, and then obviously the, the online way is also a nice little, yeah, little sprinkle. You can't. You guys hit the nail on the head. I tell people you cannot be a one trick pony when it comes to lead That's generation yep. because that could go away completely. You know, um, Realtor.com now is completely gone. It's Hop yeah. City. Yeah. You know, these things change, especially the purchase leads. Those things are going to change yeah. so aggressively and dramatically in the next two to five years. Who knows where they're going to be? And John, what you said uh, makes a lot of sense. Have those referral partners, business owners that are going to make sure that you're helping them and they're helping you and you're growing your businesses together. I think collaboration, we actually love it. You two obviously work together, but John and I get a lot of people in here who they don't know each other and it's guest one, guest two, and then they meet each other and immediately you're like, oh, sh shit, we can collaborate with one another. And sure. I think business owners in general, and I think good business owners really want to help other business owners out. So they have that whole giver's gain mindset. Right. Get, it's a great piece of advice. Get somebody or get a group of people that you want to collaborate with and network. And you're a good networker. Well, you're we started fun. like really trying to put the effort. This year is really like kind of like where we kind of said, hey, we got to capitalize on past sales and how do we meet more people? So we started doing a monthly happy hour and it's, uh, I think three months in. I think we've done three two or three. Yeah, three. And if it's, John, did you get an invite to the happy hour? Because I didn't uh, get an invite I to the happy hour. <laughs> When's so, the next happy hour? Next month? Uh, I think it's, I'm going to be in Greece for two weeks. And then Nick 5th. takes his, uh, his leave of absence hiatus <laughs> as he does every year. But, like paid time off. They have paid time off. So basically, we'll invite past clients. We'll invite other, like, you know, say divorce attorneys, financial advisors. And one of the past best things clients. that we can do is we could connect them. And sure. then we're that, you know, center point. Like, hey, John brought us together. And then when real estate comes up, hopefully we're top of mind for them as well. So you've done that because you've put me in touch yes. with people recently. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying to do that. And obviously, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to give the referrals out first. Sure, I'm sure. not out with my hand holding for a, you know, a listing or a buyer. I'm just hoping that'll come around. And I think it's, in due time, working, it will. Yeah. Very I think people appreciate effort. it, you know, that we're, it, if you know Nick, he's not an aggressive salesman, neither am I, no, unless I'm it's him selling Pearl Jam tickets. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm not selling. I'm going to the concert. I'm I know. Not selling. I know. <laughs> no, I, and I, I, I'm with you guys. I'm not very aggressive. I'm not very salesy. So you have to find a way to add value without saying, hey, give me something. Right. Yeah, ask for the sale in a completely different way. You know, if people listen to Rick Ruby, who's a really good uh, business mentor, he's got the personality that'll say, I want to sell your house. You know, let me sell your house. And he's like, he's like in your face. If you don't have that personality, you can't do that um, sincerely to anybody. And you guys do it in a completely different way. It's been pretty cool actually watching this like happy hour thing kind of evolve over the last three months. It was like 20 something. Man, they watch it evolve. And John and I still haven't gotten it. Watch it. I mean, listen, mm -hmm. this is a red carpet type thing. Like, we need to see it. No, I was joking. But, yeah. uh, that's it, Beatrix. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like 20 some people, which is still a lot for our first one. It was like only a couple week notice. And then next thing you know, it was, uh, you know, like, like 40. 50. Six people, I think, in the last one it was crazy. Wow. Other attorneys never with each other. It was it was a cool like just cool to see kind of like the, all those connections. So it's kind of well. Nice. We'll wait for our invite to the next <laughs> one for sure. It's what yeah. August what? August seventh. August seventh. Yeah, seventh. But you're not a realtor when you're there. No, yeah. no, you're an attorney. You're, an attorney. you're the entrepreneur. No, mode. we're wheelhouse. Yeah, we're wheelhouse. yeah. Okay. We give you that. There you go. Oh, Want to meet other entrepreneurs to have on the true. show anyway? That's actually a great That's idea. A good idea. See, look, we got See? ourselves See? an invite. There you there. go. A new gig. <laughs> and speaking of uh, taking time off, Nick does. Um, <laughs> oh, Nick does every year take like a seven month vacation. Wow, um, not nice. really that long, but six yeah. weeks. You do. You do vacations right though. And a lot of people will take, you know, a week here, three days here, four days there, and it looks like they're taking a lot of vacations. You take 
one, one like kick-ass vacation. What are you doing this year? This year it is Greece per usual. Uh, at this time going a little bit later, uh, going September because we have a cousin that's getting married uh, in late September, September 28th. Then, just so conveniently, the Bears are playing in London October oh, cool. 6th. So I'm going to go with my wife to London for four or five days and go watch the Bears play and explore the city. So I went to London last year for Never my been, cousin's. Never been, so I'm excited. It's, it's cool. Yeah. But I went for my cousin's wedding, and he was down in Bath, England, and he played rugby. And he was a very good rugby player. So I was sitting at a table with a bunch of his rugby buddies. And they are incredible NFL fans. Yeah. They're just like, cool. I'm, not a big, I'm not a big sports fan in general. But they're asking me all this stuff about the Bears and Green Bay. And they're <laughs> asking me about all these players. I'm like, geez, you guys know a lot more than I do about American football. But it's, uh, that'll be a really cool thing to watch yeah, because they're, fan, they're real fans. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see how that goes down. down Who there. are they playing out there? Raiders. Oh, wow. Whoa. Are they in Los Angeles now? Where are they? Vegas. At? They're going to be in Vegas soon. The uh, John, did you drive by the uh, stadium? It, sh- it was almost Oakland done when Raiders, I went a month ago. Vegas soon. No. Will, uh, yeah, no, I got no, a picture from somebody from Vegas the other day. They're just building the stadium down there. It's pretty cool. And they're building it fast. Yeah. Um, the last time I was down there, it looked like it was it was almost there. Yeah. It's it's building fast. Well, that'll be cool. Yeah. So London and then back home. And then back home. So how long are you going for? A <laughs> uh, month month that's not <laughs> saying the wife's piss is it's short it's like what the hell you cut my vacation short i came back from pearl jam last year she's like you cut my vacation short i'm like yeah we've already gone for a month how many pearl jam uh 50 50 shows on the, on the dot five oh tommy's got 60 so i gotta catch up so this but grease he's gonna keep going home yeah last season. couple of grease trips they were i missed one or two i missed two so that would have been a 52 slacker my sister's so wedding you... i missed the one that was 53 so i'm like seven down technically so do you um can you like recite every? No, every no song? lyrics. No, no, no. How? I, I, Even a fifty count. Tell them about what uh, we're doing right now. Whatever. Oh, jeez. So John has a client. Uh, John has a client that owns a building in the West Loop, and he also has a uh, music school like club. We'll plug basement. it. It's called Altered Stage. Yeah, it's pretty okay. cool. You they should get him on here. Actually, he's basically. awesome. He's an awesome guy. We should get Jeff on here. Shout out to Jeffrey Berg. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, connect him. John's great at getting people CG on. CG Life. He, yeah, they. Yeah. So basically, he's a client of mine, and uh, he met Nick, too, and he knows Nick's such a huge Pearl Jam fan. He's like, John, you know, you should get you and Nick here at Altered Stage so you guys could take some music lessons. I was like, why would you want to do that? He goes, no, 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 everyone's scared. I was like, yeah, everybody has, you know, aspirations to be a drummer or this or that. So basically, their concept in, you know, uh, a quick two seconds is they take people in about a month. They'll give you like four or five guitar lessons, and they'll take you to Reggie's out in the South Loop and have Perform. you on stage playing your favorite song <laughs> yeah. of I your mean, favorite band. So maybe we could recruit Mo to oh, be a drummer. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I, I'm just got to be a singer. I karaoke. <laughs> you want to be the singer? Oh, yeah, Whatever yeah. you guys want. Okay. Yeah. So we could. Uh, I used to sing Backstreet Boys at a bar before. <laughs> You've seen him do that? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Was he doing the, the whole bye-bye-bye part? Oh, bye-bye-bye. He was doing it all. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, man, that's something to I see. need a lot of tequila. Uh, do they allow that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, we're they were throwing beers in our face. This is John, a... can you play an instrument? Guitar. You can? Oh, yeah. well, nice. Well, it, it's been a bunch of years. We've had two yeah. lessons so far, so we got a few more before we go on You guys will love it. Stage. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get Jeff to talk yeah, about connect, it. Connect him with us. Absolutely will. He's got a cool story in general, just in general. He'll tell you about it later. Awesome guy. Yeah. So who's playing what? What are you playing, Nick? I'm the guitar player, and he's the bass player. I'm slapping the bass. <laughs> slapping the bass. <laughs> I'm slapping it hard. Are you two both Mine's singing? so easy. No, no, there's a singer, that's no. perf- a real singer that's had singing lessons. Is gonna sing. So they're going to plug us around other professionals that know what they're doing. So when we sound stupid, we won't, I don't think, but yeah, it'll be like a singer, a drummer, and then of course it'll be Nick on his guitar. Playing a Pearl Jam song, one song, Pearl Jam song, that's it. So we were learning the same Which song. Which song? 
they want me to learn black it's super easy and slow i want to learn guitar solos like not happening in a month buddy yeah that's <laughs> probably something that i got these fat breakfast sausage fingers what the hell am i gonna do with these so. <laughs> well that's pretty cool yeah. that's good team is it just the two of you or other just people? the two, two of us, us and then they have uh they have a drummer already that they have and a singer and all that kind of stuff it'd be kind of funny so it's basically a membership there there are people who pay whatever it is every month and they go in and get x amount of lessons and then once a month they do a feature show at uh reggie's at reggie's like one was called something with foo fighters they had a play on words i can't think of yeah it, it doesn't matter uh but I yeah remember, so they yeah. do something every month it's pretty cool it's a nice unique club and yeah it's pretty cool and, and you get a lot of business people going there and and rocking out right after <laughs> work or whatever too. we're doing a duo oh my gosh let's do it you can already kind of play the guitar i can already kind of sing drunk there you go we're, we're set <laughs> the be best fun. the best story ever growing up was my dad was always supportive of everything i ever did <laughs> never told me don't do this he said try everything i took uh drum lessons and they oh, give boy. you like a little drum pad I'll never forget, my dad came home and I was hitting the drum pad and he goes, just stop. He goes, you're never going to be good at that. <laughs> he goes, this is just not for you. He goes, this is going to be terrible. That's awesome. That's and I'll good. never forget. He just was like, and he, I, I joke with him all the time. I was like, what could? What if I was a great drummer? He goes, you would have never been a great That's drummer. He goes, I saved your time. That's what you should do. You should do lessons with us. We'd be guitarists. You pr you, they'll teach you the drums and we'll go down there and play the song. You guys have oh. no idea how oh. bad I am. No, we, we could push this back to like September or October, October and we could get you guys all on there too. So we're all this, is the, this is the new band right here. The Wheelhouse Band. The Wheelhouse Band. <laughs> the Wheelhouse Band. Yeah, I like it. It'll be fun. I like it. So all right, good. I'm I'm in. So I'm excited to see all the photos from your trip. Thank you. And excited to see you catch Tommy Choi. Uh, oh, it's not gonna on, happen on the Pearl Jam. <laughs> Somebody's got to beat Tommy Choi at something because he's now <laughs> you can't beat him at or who, sock game. Forget who, his sock. No, he's got the greatest sock game in. Do you have a really good sock game? You should follow Tommy, yeah, John, really? and check out his sock game. That's right. what He's you the Michael do. Jordan of the sock he game. He is the GOAT, as they say nowadays. And then he beat me in the who wore it better. So yeah. somebody has to beat him at something. Yeah, I think something. it's that. We'll see. So you got to catch him on Pearl Jam. I don't know. You might got him in the car game. Your Porsches are... <laughs> I have him on the car game. Come on. Sure. Let's be honest. Let's... You know, you got something going. Oh, I got him on that, I guess. I don't think he's competing in that realm. I don't That's think so. That's difference, either. yeah. yeah. He's, got he's got like a Porsche's minivan hiding. or something, I think. <laughs> he's got kids. He's got, yeah. he's but got probably kids. the best minivan that's available. <laughs> he does. It's going to be a nice one. Um, how about you? You going anywhere, John? I'm going to Greece on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. So wow. I got uh, two weeks. I got my nephew, my sister's little boy, uh, baptizing him down there. I got my friend Stevie's getting married out there, too. And then uh, I have a lot of family out there uh, in Sparta. You know, 300. Spartan? Yeah. 300 was the worst movie ever. <laughs> I'm Persian. This is uh, terrible. Oh, yeah. You were the one who destroyed well. us. Yeah, this what was the bald-headed guy? This, the, the lengthy, long arm guy? This make-believe cartoon movie that you guys <laughs> really love. That was, that was a, a great role for Gerard Butler. He broke out. Look at all the movies he's doing now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's what doing. What happened to all the Persians in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. No, so we'll be in Sparta. It'll be, it'll be fun. We got family out there. It'll be... Uh, It'll be a nice time to catch up with everybody. I was dating a Greek girl, actually, when 300 came out. And I remember going to see it. And I was just sitting there. I was like, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> she, she, she walked out. She goes, that movie was great. I go, what do you? No, that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I've seen it once. I wouldn't go see it three, four times. The best part is when. I've only seen it once, too. I'll never see it again. Is when terrible. Is the trailer was good. When yeah. he kicks the guy into the well, yeah. mm -hmm. that's the whole movie. If I could just keep playing that over, that was the best I part of it. kicks my people into the well. Yeah. Yes. Man. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks? Uh, yeah, I'll be there for two weeks. Yeah. Awesome. 14, 15 very, very days. Cool. Not too long. It'll be fun. Yeah. Everybody says right now is the best time to go to Greece because I have a lot of Greek friends, yes. as we can see here. Uh, everybody seems to go from like now through the end of September. That's like the time to go. Yeah. I would say like August 15th. August 15th is a big Greek holiday. So people kind of like work around that. They'll go like Nick used to go like 
July 21st and at least stay to August 15th for that day. Yeah. Uh, some people will go, you know, mid-August to late August, but I like part of Chicago's summer. Oh, I, love I like it. the fest. So as much as I want to go to Greece, I don't want to miss, you know, summer. some stuff going on here, but. It would be nice if it was flipped and Greece was great in our winter. I know, right? Chicago summer is so Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it is. And the summer's just starting to pick up in Chicago. Exactly. Right. Right. It was a long winter. Very Whew. long. Long, sp- cold spring, spring too. Yeah, sure. brutal. Rainy spring. Um, what else? So you guys have your event coming up, in, you said August 7th? August. What else we got coming up? Is that what you're going to ask? August 7th? Yeah. Anything else coming up for you guys? I got some fancy new listings at, uh, it's called the Chestnut Row Homes. Oh, wow. There's Look seven townhomes in the Gold Coast. Uh Four of them are available, fifteen thousand a month. So if anybody knows anybody Holy that's looking shit. for that, uh, feel free to give me a call, please. A month? Can you yeah. give us a wheelhouse discount? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so fourteen nine 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 nine. Repeating. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't make the prices. The prices are set by the management company that owns the building and the and development. So, but you stand by the prices because it's so worth it. It is. You'll see a video coming. Out. I got a video. I'm shooting a video tomorrow for it. So very cool. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Good opportunity to meet some really interesting. Totally, that's that was that was awesome. And so when folks. I got the call, it was to to like interview for. It was kind of I was kind of excited for. It was kind of cool. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we always ask. Uh, we we already kind of got the recommendation for entrepreneurs and realtors from both of you. Really good advice. Do I? I don't know this about either of you. Either of you big book readers? Anything? No, I don't. I had the I, heard the, I did the questionnaire and I said, "What's a book?" <laughs> yeah, what's a book? No, I got nothing from him. I, I put you, NA. <laughs> NA. All right, great. I, I, I really, unfortunately, ESPN.com. They get all their information that they need from the Wheelhouse Podcast, yeah, which can be exactly. found on Spotify, yep. on YouTube, exactly. on Switcher. What else? Do we need? On uh, iTunes. I heard on iHeartRadio on yeah. Google Play. Look at we that. are everywhere. Good. You guys are everywhere. Everywhere. There's nowhere I, you can't hear I think us. the book reading thing for me is um, I got to read a book that of a topic that I'm superly, superly interested in. I can't just pick up one of those. Some people read the stories, right? I can't do that. It's got to be some sort of motivational thing, some sort of real estate focused thing, right? Like millionaire real estate agent and all this other stuff that just maybe some of these other like millionaire, uh, million dollar listing New York guys put out or whatnot. But it's got to be something that I really, really like. And even those, I bought both of those books. They're still sitting on the coffee table. haven't been opened. Well, you're... You- you don't do you drive around a lot. Yeah, because you're in the city. I, yeah, Audiobooks I know are the best way. Yeah, then, and I'll but, tell you a good one that's fun to listen to. That's kind of motivational, but it also tells a kind of fun story. Is and I recommend this to anybody who wants to first start listening to one. Is Extreme Ownership. Okay, it's about these two Navy SEAL kind of leaders that talk about how they take ownership of everything they do and they kind of lead a team for YouTube. Be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but they also like the guy has like this really deep voice and he's like a Navy SEAL like leader and he's now. Um, uh, a, a very big business coach, mm-hmm. but he tells a story of like when they're at war and like the things he learned. That's a pretty cool one. Yeah, let's check it out. The first then. one. Yeah, uh, I think audiobooks probably work better for me. <laughs> jo- Joanna's watching. Oh, hi, Joanna. Hi. Hi, Joanna. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So no books for you guys. We got your fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> that was so easy. Terrible. We got your fifteen. No, no, no. It's you know what's funny is my business partner Jeff. He doesn't read anything. He always tells me he goes read it and give me the cliff notes, buddy. I'm yeah. not a reader. Yeah. Some people just don't uh, like reading, but audiobooks are fantastic. So is Netflix. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix is great. You know what I? You know what I watch if I'm not watching Netflix? I watch um, YouTube, like Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, Joe Rogan and Bill Burr, and yeah. I watch all them. Yeah, they're good. They're so fun. They're funny. That's what I watch. Like you can, you can take in as much information sure. watching some podcasts. Sure. Shout out! You can take it in from Wheelhouse too. Sure. Um, just watching these podcasts or listening to them. So I actually at home on YouTube a lot of times I'm listening or watching netcasting. A podcast. Joe nice. Rogan's 
constantly. Yeah, he's always on there, yeah. Always got good guests from different kind of walks of life that have really good information. You you learn a lot from yeah, them. Absolutely. It's funny. Kind of go long sometimes. What's your favorite Netflix show before we go? Oh, Recent. I would probably say I've watched Narcos like That's five, what I was six gonna times. Say. Like, that was good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ones. I like Ozark. There's a few other new ones people keep talking about. But Stranger Things. See, you That's just it. said it. I've well, it's out, the third season's out now, yeah. so it's popular. Is it that good? Yeah, it's good. It is. And it's not the type, normally I would not be the type, it would not be the type of show that I would get into. And it took me a couple episodes to say, oh my God, I, I love this show. But I was hooked. I watched the third season in like three days. Wow. No Which kidding. for me is fast. So yeah, Stranger Things. How are you? Show? Do you watch anything? I don't really have what, nar- I mean, for Netflix, Narcos. My wife watches all the Netflix stuff, all the weird shows, the Orange is the New Black, all this other random. She's watching The Crown right now because we're going what to London. That? So she's in London mode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about it. Uh, that's about it. One thing for all three of you to watch and anybody who's watching a watch that I just took a look at, and it's a true documentary. It's called Murder Mountain. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen that on Netflix? Mm-hmm. So it's about an area of Northwest California that exists, and it's, it's not actors. They actually go talk to the actual people there. It's a documentary. And that area is known for growing tons of weed. And until recently, most of the farms were illegal. Some of them are still illegal. But it's basically lawlessness up there, vigilantes. The cops don't go up there. The people shoot at the cops. So the cops just kind of let them do their thing. And they have more missing people there than any other place in the U.S. There's people who go up there and just try to work and make some money. They get killed. And then nobody, nobody solves really the murders. And wow. it's six quick episodes. And when you watch it, you're like, there's no way this is happening in modern day wow. America. You would think maybe like South America, you might get this somewhere. You might see, you might think like someplace in Eastern Europe, this sort of thing might happen. But there's no way that this is happening in the U.S. And it's it's really cool to watch. It's hmm. six 45 minute episodes and talks about this area of California. I kind of want to drive through it, but then yeah. I watched it and I was like, hell no! I was like, they'll stop me and <laughs> yeah, they right. Don't, they don't mess around. The no, cops, they do not. Cops aren't coming to save you up there. Nope. So that's nope, a cool nope. one to watch. Yeah. But well, thank you guys for coming oh, on. Thank you. Thanks for um, having us. Most those has to get out and drink together. Again Here's soon. the thing: like I, normally, I'm used to sitting on your lap and taking the picture. Like <laughs> yeah. this is it's weird. Sit, I like I'm across from you at least. That's good. We take photos at the end of the show with our guests, so <laughs> this time Perfect. we'll do our most those. You can sit on my lap, and we'll just have John and John and John behind us. Like, oh, John's. <laughs> do we really <laughs> have to do that? Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this me and is. Him I mean, I can show you at least four it pictures on my viral. phone that I have. It goes viral. The most those photos. This he is just it. Sits on my lap. Mm. Um, Standard stuff. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, wheelhouse goes down the drain. Yeah, wheelhouse That's is about funny. to take off. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to skyrocket with most of us. Uh-huh. But um, thank you guys for no, coming. No, thank on. you, man. This is cool. I really do think any realtor or business owner watching could learn so much from the two of you. Not just from obviously what you guys have gone through, Nick, for ten years, yeah, yeah. and you for four, but from the way you two work with one another and the way you two handle. Your clients. I, I I wish that people could watch you to work with your clients and work on problem solving when problems pop up. Sure. Because if the rest of the realtors did what you guys did, real estate would be a lot easier. Well, I appreciate that. So both thank sides. you. So thank you guys for coming on. No, thank you, again. John. What do we got next week? Well, next week we were going to have a husband and wife team on. Uh, but one forgot to tell the other <laughs> that they had a vacation scheduled, Oops. which I just found out about. Uh, found out about. So we're not quite sure at this point. So we're back time. again next week. Yeah, you you gotta come back. All right. <laughs> there we go. See you guys next week. Perfect. Well, you're going to be in Greece. <laughs> we'll shoot right. it before I go. <laughs> yeah. We can FaceTime. They just figured yeah. it out. It's all Boom. good. FaceTime from yeah. Greece. Ah, there you go. FaceTime from Greece. Well, we'll next week out. we will have yeah, a guest, oh, yeah. and it'll still be a fun show. Yeah. And Absolutely. then the husband and wife duo, when they get back from their vacation, we'll have them on as well. 
Absolutely. So we will be back 3 o'clock. It's just a mystery at this point. <laughs> Who's going to be filling time? Well, we're going to figure out. It. Hey, <laughs> anybody want to be on Wheelhouse? Uh, comments in the comments section. That could get real interesting. Oh, gosh. Uh, but yeah. uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, thank you to uh, Denise and Tim for taking the time at the beginning to come on and chat with us from uh, Nova Scotia. That was really cool. And that John, was. kudos to you for th this is becoming so um, uh Seamless now, getting people on the show from all over the world. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, very, Modern very technology, cool. and people love the idea of it. So, yeah, I, I dig it. And actually, awesome. I mean, really, even if you want to do a check-in from Greece, either of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're there. And just like we a, love that. Just a two-minute thing, or, you know, we'll figure it out. But no, we can be there cool. for a whole hour. I don't care. I'm good. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we love doing the check-ins from different places. So if That'd you be guys fun. Are there, That'd be fun, That would be kind of cool. That would be. John, yeah. you got to do it, though, when your hair is not gelled. For, oh, before we yes, go, please. He's got this incredible <laughs> hair. God. When he doesn't gel his hair, he yeah. looks like uh, Lloyd from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. It like literally, Chris. like, comes no. down. That's why I gave you that gif. I know. gif, whatever you call it. You got... Maybe in the comment section, post the picture of you no gel yeah. and then gel. Well, unfortunately, you guys FaceTime me a couple times, you and the other YPNers, and yeah. I didn't have my hair. I had my hair down basically. I was just, I don't know. And some I some of the nicest bangs in the real estate industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no good. Well, thank you, thank you, you again, it, man. Guys. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Rest, yeah, thanks, John. For the rest of you guys, we'll see you next Wednesday at three o'clock with a mystery guest or two. Possibly me again. Possibly <laughs> again. See you guys. Yeah. Three, two, one.